Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, where each week we talk three topics from the world of rugby league. Charlie. Michael. Welcome back, mate. Thank you. Episode 5, Chasing Kangaroos. We're back in the mobile studio. And once again, no Jake Watson, uh, the Greek god, the future Oztag Greek immortal, not with us. He had to work. Uh, priorities, son. Where are your priorities? The fans want to hear hear from you. Mate, people have been actually pointing out that yeah. um, Jake wasn't on last week's show and neither was our special correspondent, Dwayne Kennett. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Um, Look, more you, on that story as it breaks. If you want to spread some rumours, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you doing that on your own. I can't, I won't contribute to the rumours, but I can tell you that we did say this week would be our last episode for the year. Uh, some massive news, um, but we do want Jake to sort of close off the show with us. So I'll be back next week with him for a short episode, wrapping up the season. Uh, you can look forward to that. But Charles... We've got a show, to, show for tonight, mate. Three massive topics. It's December, and I can't believe there's still plenty of stuff to talk about in the world of rugby league. Mate, it never stops. Every week after we finish an episode, I think, yeah, we've uh, we've run out of stuff to talk about. There's not going to be anything else. And then, lo and behold, three massive topics pop up like they have this week. And, um, mate, I think we should get stuck into it. Let's do it, mate. Bit of interlude. Chuck, some, some massive news and probably some disappointing news coming last week, but I guess we weren't all too surprised. We're all holding out hope um, for the 2025 World Cup in the USA. Um, appears that plans to host the World Cup in North America have been aborted. We've promoted more sports international. They're no longer in a position to bankroll the event. Uh, we heard from Nigel Wood, uh, the CEO of the RLIF, and he said that although the event would be retended in 2019, this does not necessarily mean it won't be in America. Chuck, big blow for the States and the game over there. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, mate, it's, it, look, it is massive news, but the, um, I guess it's a bit of mixed news because I must say, while I was personally very excited about the prospect of this tournament being hosted in yep. the United States... We're right? planning to have our 40th birthdays over there. Hey, we were going to be there for <laughs> it, that's right. little show, show of age. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain there, but... <laughs> um, but um, Look, I've got to say, personally, I never really was thrilled about... More this... sports international? Yeah. yeah. Had, uh, mate, I had my doubts. I mean, their capacity to host a one-off event hasn't proved to yeah. be um, sustainable, so I don't really know that um, how they would have gone hosting a tournament. Look, um, I think that's probably the only positive to come out of this, because if more sports didn't fuck up so badly with the Denver Test... And let, look, let's, let, let's say from the outset as well... I think to me that it was successful. We had some. We had a big crowd there. Twenty thousand people yeah. there. That, that it was, was a, success. It was a great game until no one got paid. until no one got paid. Yeah. Um, so they couldn't. They couldn't even run one game. So it's probably good that we found that out now, and we're not going to give them an entire tournament. Yeah. So look, from that point of view, like I said, I always had. I was always a bit dubious about yeah. more sports involvement. Yeah. Um, the fact that it won't be in America, though, obviously is a little bit disappointing because um, that was exciting. Even just from a curiosity point of view, what was it going to look like? How was the tournament going to go? What was the reaction going to be? And the other thing I was excited about, more than the tournament itself, was the efforts leading up to it. So what, what would we be doing between now and then to try and support the tournament in 2025 and what was going to come from it afterwards? So well, all of that was really, really exciting. Yep. Um doesn't mean it's not going to happen now. I consider it really unlikely that we'll find someone else willing to bankroll a tournament in America. Um, well, let me let me pose you this question, right? So 
we're re-tendering this out, right? So the American or a consortium from America would have the opportunity to do this again. Yes. Why are we re-tendering? Like hypothetical question, then you might not have the answer. Why are we re-tendering? Well, because I think we need... Um, so the, the tournament needs to be underwritten by someone. The, the tournament needs a promoter for the RLIF to host it in an emerging market like Un- understood. America. So, so, but just because the Soccer World Cup tender out, just because the Olympics are tendered out, just because Rugby Union... I'm, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think it needs to be done that way. Okay. All right. I've alluded before, and this might be pie-in-the-sky sort of stuff, but there are people on the ground in the USA that could make this happen, USA and Canada, and even Jamaica. So you've got your David Argyles of the world from the Wolfpack. You've got Ricky Wilby from the New York Consortium. You've got our mate Nate, who'd, who'd do anything for the sport. You've got guys in Jamaica. You've got guys and girls in Ontario. Hell, there's even people in South America. There's a lot of people there that are passionate about the game, and they have a vested interest in this game growing in North America. So why don't we try something different? What if we put a team together, an administrative team together, throw some money at them, say, guys, this is the budget, all right? You've got until 2025, and the goal is that we want the best World Cup ever from a commercial perspective and from an entertainment perspective. In the lead-up, we give them Australia versus Tonga, we give them NRL games, we give them Super League games, we give them a couple of World um, World Nines, World Cups. We do as much as we can to help them promote this game and make it a success. Well, mate, I think the, the, the answer to that is probably the money. Um, yeah. I, I, don't know that they're, um, I don't know that the RLIF... And look, as we know, um, International Rugby League kind of runs on the smell of an oily rag, right? It's yeah. not... Um, it, it's not quite as lucrative yet as we'd like to see it eventually become I don't think they're prepared to go into a World Cup in an emerging market like this without a commercial partner you know someone someone. I know it's a risk I just think if we and I know my way won't happen I just think if someone had the balls to do this that they'd actually make more money at the end of the day and we'd end up seeing like a USA competition that is stronger spring out of this we'll see those nations being stronger we'll see the popularity of the sport being greater in the u.s we'll get there before rugby union like there's just so many reasons why it has to be there and i guess that's why i'm so passionate about Man, and it they, and they were the reasons that we're all yeah. excited about it so i'm i'm 100 percent with you on that but can i throw at you my and look this is all hypothetical because like i said yeah I give me your hypothetical my um my hypothetical was to effectively have a true pacific world cup yeah right so not like the Australia or Australia-New Zealand World Cups that we've yep. seen before in 2017 and 2008, but a proper uh, Pacific World Cup. And by that I mean, you'll, look, probably your um, your semi-final and final stages would have to be hosted in New Zealand or Australia, but there's no reason P&G, for instance, couldn't host all of their group games. Which they did in 20. 20- 2017. That's right. Yeah. There's no reason that uh, Fiji couldn't host a game, Samoa couldn't host a game, Tonga host a game, and you could even, you know, the governments of those countries could even use hosting World Cup fixtures as um, some kind of leverage to get stadium upgrade funding and all that sort of thing. So personally, I mean, again, might be pie in the sky stuff. Well, again, yeah, pie in the sky. We're talking about money. Haven't thought we're, we're getting all these governments involved. Um, look, I think your ideas. I, I think it's an okay one. Uh, if it's not going to be in the US, though, I, my idea is similar to yours, but probably a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um, give it to New Zealand. Yeah, well, I think New Zealand uh, absolutely deserve to, to host a tournament. Um, like, like, I know they were involved in 2017, but 
look, effectively, the final was in Australia, right? So that was an Australian World Cup, let's be honest. Yes. Um, give it to New Zealand. Play all the games in New Zealand. Play the, the final in Auckland. Um, they'll, they'll eat it up, mate. Yeah. They'll eat it up. Look, certainly wouldn't be opposed to that, I think. Um... I think it's a better alternative than having it in Australia again. Well, there's um, been... Um, as I... much as we could go and see it very easily... Yeah, to be convenient. But I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the news. There's been um, there's been some talk on social media that the New South Wales government has actually put their hand up and say they intend to bid to host the entire World Cup. I didn't uh, see that. Just in New, New South, South Wales. Wales. Just in New South Wales. Um, so look, there's a massive win for country rugby league if that happened in New South Wales. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't hear that one. Positives and negatives to come from that, I suppose. Um, yeah, we should save that as a topic for a future show when we know if it's any more than just Twitter chat at this stage. So, Can, uh, can I throw another Smokey out there yeah, and get your, it, your thoughts? You can do whatever you want. It's your show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's about time you said that. Um, France. Mate, that would be good. That would be really good, actually. Um, I don't know if they'd go back to Europe after 2021. That's the only thing, yeah. That, so maybe a, maybe a realistic option for 2029. But, um, yeah, I think a French World Cup would be fantastic. So, So do you agree with me that... USA is our preferred, um, but there are other options out there. Um, I guess we just need to wait and see. Mate, I'm a bit more conservative than you, yeah. so um, I just wanted to spend our 40th over there in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> well, mate, we can still do that. <laughs> but, um, look, the um, a thriving World Cup in the states would be brilliant. I'd yeah. love that, but mate, even with the involvement of more sports, I just I struggled to see it. Um, and I still kind of struggle to see it, in, especially without you know a major commercial backer. I, I'm just not sure I um, I see it as viable. But um, would I like to see it? Absolutely. Well, guys, watch this space. Um, we're going to see what happens. We're going to find out in 2019 either way. Um, hopefully, it's not a massive blow to the USA if it doesn't happen. I feel like they've had a few things go against them recently you know australia tonga didn't happen over there um there was the the round zero um project isn't happening for the nrl next year over there terrible name for an event in in the states round zero but we'll talk about that another time as well but just it seems like every time they try and get off the ground um they just end up having to go back two steps and i just hope something can be sorted out and i hope america the usa in particular um can can find that spark because they're the biggest they're the biggest nation in world sport and rugby league would love to have them yeah a little a little slice of the pie over there so um yeah let's make it happen get the boys over there for their 40th mate uh i'm a little bit sweaty after that topic it was pretty intense <laughs> it's a bit warm in the mobile studio Ooh. tonight actually mate uh, a bit muggy mate uh, the, the negativity kind of continues like can, can i just say one of the reasons I love International Rugby League is because the fans are generally quite positive. Um, so if you're an NRL fan, you'll know what I mean. But NRL fans seem to fucking hate the NRL. Like, they're always yes. bagging it out, like, complaining about everything. But when it comes to the international game, everyone's so positive. Everyone wants everyone to be happy. Everyone wants everyone to win except Australia. Like, it's just fantastic. But this week, just it's just negative after negative. Yeah, NR, it's true what you say because NR, the NRL's got the highest ratings in the country, right? And if you speak to an NRL fan, they're like, the NRL's going to be dead in two years. Exactly. The NRL's <laughs> finished. I, I had a conversation with someone the other day and they were trying to tell me that the A-League was going to be bigger than the NRL in five years. What's and that? I, the A-League. What's that? 
Exactly. It's <laughs> it's it's a league. It's, <laughs> it's something. It's we don't something. know what it is. It's a league. Yeah, mate. Uh, anyway, we, we digress. Um, topic number two. So it was a challenging week for the Challenge Cup, Charlie. I like what you did there. Mate, you like that one? Uh, the announcement of the Red Star Belgrade side taking place in their first Challenge Cup in 2019. Um, it's been overshadowed, mate, by news that the Toronto Wolfpack and the Toulouse Olympic side, um, they won't be there. Yeah, it's a shame. But as we understand it, basically, the RLF have said um, to Toronto and to Toulouse that if they want to take part in the Challenge Cup, the RLF has concerns about their capacity to fill Wembley or get a decent crowd at Wembley in the event that either of those two teams make the final. Yeah, so this comes after uh, Catalan historic win last year, first non I'm going to say non-English team to, to win the Challenge Cup. Probably the first non-Northern English team to win the Challenge Cup, actually. Um, Catalan and Warrington, they had just over 50,000 fans there. And that was um, seen as a bit of a disappointment by the RLF, which yeah. is what's led to yeah. them uh, saying now, look, if, if these guys want to be involved, that's great. But basically, they've got to be prepared to underwrite the final so that if ticket sales um, aren't great... Um, the RLF is protected financially uh, against poor ticket sales um, in the final. But isn't it their job to fucking sell tickets? Like, Yeah, so... Um, have you ever heard of a case in any sport around the world where a team has to basically put up... A bond. A bond. A bond to play in, case, in the tournament. But in case they do well. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost like... Because I can't it's imagine... Like betting that... against yourself. Basically, it's like saying that we're. It's like saying that um, the RLF is more than happy for um, expansion sides to participate in the tournament, provided they don't do too well. They they want to, they want international sides in there as long as they're not going to do but, too well. But, and let's be realistic though, these sides probably weren't going to make it that far. They, like to, like as much as I'd love Toronto to be in the Challenge Cup Grand Final or Toulouse, th- the likelihood of that happening was was very minimal. Um, I, I agree with that. I don't think either of them were, were serious contenders to, to take out the tournament. Um, not many of the sides that compete are, to be honest with you. Yes. But it's it's just a it's just really a celebration of rugby league. That's what this tournament's about. And they they've kind of killed it off a little bit by not letting arguably in the Wolfpack in particular, I mean they're the biggest brand they're they're a bigger brand than half of the Super League clubs. Well, I, I, so I agree with that, because really, when you break it down, are there that many Super League sides, English Super League sides, that are going to... Um, that, that are that much less of a risk of not achieving a good crowd at Wembley than Toronto are? Well, well that's right, because everyone's blaming Catalan for what... what I thought 50,000 was a good crowd, but I, I'm not... You know, maybe that's an Australian like, mentality. sort of mentality. But... Everyone's blaming Catalan for that crowd. Um, the other club was Warrington. That's right. Right. So, where were their fans? That's right. If yeah. if they if they're worried about the clubs outside of England, then mate, they should be looking inwardly as well. I think it's ridiculous. Um, and what makes it even worse is, mate, um, the Challenge Cup doesn't even have a sponsor for next year. Yeah. So, like, how about pull pull your finger out, try and get a sponsor, and that would cover. Any loss from the Toronto Wolfpack or Toulouse making the grand final? That's right. Little, little bit of devil's advocate, right? So a lot of the RLF has been getting kicked in the nuts repeatedly over this, over social media and yep. stuff like that, and everyone's calling the decision short-sighted. Yep. Um, just as a bit of a counterpoint, um, if if we accept that the decision from the RLF 
um, to insist on, let's call it a bond, right? If, if we insist that the decision of the RLF to impose this bond uh, is short-sighted, is it short-sighted on behalf of the Wolfpack to not pay it? Well, well, the thing is, the Wolfpack have paid their way into everything so far. So, mm. you know, David Argyle from the Wolfpack, and he, he's pumped millions into this club. Um, he's, he's funded other teams... Um, flights over to, to to Toronto, yeah, so that they can true. play. So he's already sort of emptying his pockets <clears throat> because the bloke loves rugby league and wants to make this happen. Um, I think it's just a case of maybe the figure was a bit too much. <laughs> they've gone yeah. they've gone back to the well one too many times. Um, I've heard the figure was around seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I mean, if so, you'd have to be. S- silly to pay that like it doesn't matter how much you love the game yeah look it's um and and it is a bit of a worry because i think it 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 says something about what the current financial position um of the rlf yeah. is so yeah not well, good it's, news it's desperate times like you're you're a business owner yourself mm. it, if you're struggling for money you're not thinking about okay what's the best decision here for the long term you're thinking about well how do i make it past next yeah, next week that's right um not saying your business is in that position. No, we're, we're doing we're, very we're well. Going all right, um, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 um, I think that's that's the case here. Short sighted. You said it. You said it earlier, and it's right. Um, I think. Look, let's let's look at the positives as well. Um, we've got Red Star Belgrade there. Um, we've got teams from Scotland, Ireland, and Wales there as well. Um, the draw will be announced. Um, it'll probably be announced after uh, by the time this podcast is released. Um, so. We'll hear about it soon. So six countries participating in the uh, in the Challenge Cup, which is a record. Um, yeah, exactly. So look, let's that's that's probably a positive. Yeah. Um. So hopefully uh, next year goes well. Hopefully those sides do well. But I really hope that you know we've learnt something here, and this sort of thing never happens again. Agreed. Mate, uh, when you thought it couldn't get much worse, topic number three. Mate, this one's crazy. This one's yeah. um. Made a Greek tragedy, you might call it. But <laughs> yep. um, look, I'm I'm sure everyone listening to this show uh, has heard the news by now and, and has caught up on this. But just for those who haven't, um, a story emerging out of Greece about a, a referee being arrested for officiating a rugby league match between two Greek sides. Um, just to provide a little bit of backstory on this one, we go back uh, three years to 2015. Yeah, so it's been going on for a while. This this story's been sort of bubbling away in the background um, for quite some time. Yeah, worth saying that, like, whilst this is kind of sounds hot off the press, um, the the Greek Rugby League Association uh, via social media, they've they've this week been coming out with stories like this one, um, but. These this stuff has been going on for the last couple of years. So sorry, Charlie, for interrupting. No, mate, it's... you're right. So we go back to 2015. Yep. And rugby league in Greece is run by the Hellenic Rugby League Federation, the HRLF. Yep. Um, under Anastasios uh, Pantazidis. Have I pronounced that? Where's the Greek god? Of yeah. Where's Jake when you need him? I'd say Pantazidis. Pantazidis. That yep. sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So basically, after a period of after a period of time of um, questionable decision making. Um, alleged financial mismanagement and uh, alleged corruption. Yep. Four of the five clubs under the umbrella of the HRLF signed a motion of no confidence against the president, uh, Mr. Pantazidis. Um, and basically, they went on to form their own competition under the umbrella of the Greek Rugby League Association. Yep, so the 
the Super League to the ARL sort of thing? But... Yeah, sort of like a Super League ARL equivalent, whereby the um, HRLF was still recognised by the International Rugby League Federation as the uh, governing body yeah, of but the, rugby league. But, but the Greek Rugby League Association had the numbers. So during this time, I guess the, the Greek um, national side, under the Hellenic Rugby League Federation, um, they had to forfeit a match in their Euro Group C against Malta. Um, and later on that year, they were forced to field rugby union players who had never played rugby league before in a, in a heavy loss against Spain. They went down 76-4 to four in that match. So the Greek Rugby League Association is growing um, and they're really fighting to become, I guess, the recognised um, bot national body for the sport in Greece. Am I right? That's right. So they've got... Um, so at this point in time, I think at this point we're in sort of 2015, 2016, the yep. um, Greek Rugby League Association yep. has five clubs, um, has the players and the um, Hellenic... Rugby League Association at that point in time are struggling to stage games. Penetsidis, though, who's the head of the Hellenic Federation, um, he's the Minister for Sport or his contacts in the Minister for Sport. So he's moving to deter venues, allegedly. Um, this is obviously, we're, we're just hearing one side of the story here, but he's, he's deterring venues from allowing the Greek Rugby League Association matches be played. So this a very famous incident happened after this, which has come out recently. So there was a match between the Attica Rhinos and the Rhodes Knights, uh, which was forced to be kicked off at 12.15am, which they're calling around the world the um, the world record for latest game to be played. Um, in 2016, the Greek Rugby League Association, they continue to have to play behind the scenes um, as Panacetus tries to fe- uh, uh, ban and fine players for playing in the rebel competition. That's right. So basically, he's trying to stop venues from hosting uh, Greek Rugby League Association matches and uh, trying to um, uh, bring sanctions against players who play in that um, in that uh, competition. So obviously, it's all poor form. And because of this, April 2016, uh, Rugby League European Federation, they've suspended the Hellenic Rugby League Federation. Um, and in February 2017, um, the Greek Rugby League Association, they're granted what they wanted all along, which is the official rec- recognition. Um, but the problem here, this is where it gets really complicated. So while the Rugby League European Federation um, acknowledge the Greek Rugby League Association as being the head of the sport in Greece, um, the the Hellenic Rugby League Federation is still acknowledged as being the head of the sport by the Greek government. That's right. So just for a bit of context there, uh, Pantacetus becomes, by this time in 2016, uh, the um, head of Pentathlon Greece, right? And manages to... I don't even know what that... What what is that? Uh, The Olympic Pentathlon? Yeah. yeah. Five five sports, that's all I know. But basically he becomes um, (laughs) becomes the head of Pentathlon Greece and is able to convince the Greek government to allow him to bring um, rugby league under the umbrella of Greek pentathlon. So through the back door, he's again the head of rugby league in, in Greece. That's right. Okay. That's right. Despite the um, Hellenic, as you've alluded to, the Hellenic Rugby League Federation not being officially recognised by the IRLF at this time. So there's plenty of legal action going on here. Um, and then the next famous incident, so there was a Balkan Super League game, and that was earlier this year, I believe, um, the Attica Rhinos are playing the Redniki Nis side from Serbia, um, which was interrupted by by the police 
in the 70th minute. That's right. Um, these are things that we heard about during World War period for, for France and stuff that happened in Italy back then and stuff that happened in Morocco. It's hard to believe it's still happening, happening now. But despite all of this, despite having to play, you know, behind closed doors almost, um, the Greek Rugby League Association have done an incredible job. They've they've taken Greece um, further than the Hellenic Rugby League had in the past. This year they they went to the Ukraine and they won twenty eight to twenty six in um, a World Cup qualifying match. Their next World Qualify. Uh, qualifier at home against Malta had to be played at a top secret location. So, like that's the, right. So neither neither the Maltese players nor the Greek players knew where the match was going to be played. Yeah. Because, so uh, the, the idea was to keep it under wraps. So um, they met at a rendezvous point. Uh, the bus drivers were blindfolded and they drove them. They weren't blindfolded. <laughs> that would be illegal and very difficult. But they were driven to a secret location. Um, Greece ended up taking that match out sixty to four. And they've now gone on to the next stage. So as we know, they'll play Norway next year for a chance um, for one of those final spots in the World Cup in the, in that European leg. Um, they've done an incredible job despite all of this. Um, Charlie? Mate, it's um, look, it's just ridiculous. Effectively, what is happening is that Pantacetus is using his political clout and position as a way of... Um, almost seeking revenge against the uh, governing body the, the Greek rugby league association it's a movie you couldn't write a, you couldn't write it better than this like it's it's crazy mate it is absolutely nuts look i don't know um, i mean we just wanted to share this story with people who may not have been aware of it because um, you know it is absolutely crazy i don't know that um, there's that much opinion we can offer about it other than the fact that it's it's uh, ridiculous well, and shouldn't continue. You're right it's it's difficult um because really we only know one side of the story. We only know the Greek Rugby League Association side of the story. Um but upon digging a little bit deeper to this Anastasios Pentecetus mate I found out that he runs what is called the World Rugby League. Yeah, so the, the World Rugby League is a is a body that seems to have no official status as far as what I can determine. Well, and basically, they they run in opposition, or they say they run in opposition to the IRLF, and they claim that they've got 14 member countries, or at least 14 member countries. Which is bullshit, obviously. Which, which seems to be absolute rubbish, because... So they're claiming, um, obviously, Greece. Uh, they're claiming Italy. Um, they're claiming Argentina and Brazil, and, and the Argentinian and Brazilian Rugby League have come out and said they have no idea who these who these people are. That's right. Um, they're claiming India and Pakistan, who I doubt they've ever seen a football in those countries, a rugby league ball, I should say. Um, it, it's it's just sort of makes our sport look ridiculous in the eyes of the rest of the world. And, and mate, Anastasios Patancetas... Mate, leave rugby league alone. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Go back to your pentathlon. <laughs> Whatever you want. But, like, yeah, look, it's... Like I said, without... I'm sure we only know half the story, but... Um, Greek Rugby League Association, if you're listening, I think we're on your side. Oh, we're definitely... I, I think it goes without saying that we're on their, on their side. And, and just congratulations to them for all the work that they've uh, been doing... The fact that they've been able to get so close to qualification for, uh, you know, get to the stage of qualification that they're at for the World Cup. The oh, fact look, that yeah. they've managed to run 
a reasonably coherent five-team domestic competition, all of this without being recognised by the government of their country as the and, official... And they've, and they've had teams in the, in the Balkan Super League. That's right. So, um, look, I think they're a good chance of beating Norway next year as well, and I don't think they'll go much further than that. Look, I've been wrong on this podcast before with some of my, some of my predictions, but, look, I think it's been a great success... Uh, either way, especially considering what appears to have been going on over the last three years. So you look well, well done to the Greek Rugby League Association. And, uh, and mate, just before we, um, we finish this topic, I think I've actually, um, as we've been speaking about this, I've come to what might be a, a solution to all of this. So oh, I think, really? I, think I know how they, these guys can put their differences aside and um, get back on the same page. Well, as we spoke about before, the Hellenic Rugby League Federation um, has zero teams, right? <laughs> where the, where the, is this going? The Greek Rugby League Association <laughs> has five teams. So what if Merger? these two teams, these two uh, competitions <laughs> would emerge to form a five-team competition? What do you reckon? I think uh, Anastasios Patensidis needs to fuck the, right, the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, um, hard to believe that it's going to be Christmas in a couple of weeks and we've just had three intense rugby league discussions. That's it, mate. We come to the end of another episode and three uh, pretty full-on topics. Yeah. Um, but, mate, now it's time for my favourite part of the show. Community corkboard. The wrap-up. The rugby league wrap-up. Around the ground. So there's there's been a bit going on once again. Tell me. Um, well, the the bit that excites me the most, um, it's all about the future, mate, and the England Academy... I'm sure you would have heard by now. Yeah, big news. They beat the Australian schoolboys 14-8. to 8. The Australian schoolboys were, were sort of shellacking sides over there. They were a little bit cocky. But future bright, mate. England beating them 14-8 to 8 in game one of two. Mate, that's what we like to see. Well, hopefully um, hopefully they can do the job again. Uh, I think it's this Friday or Saturday English time. Um, but future's bright, mate. And I, I believe the France under-18s beat the English under-18s earlier this year as well. So we could be looking at a very different... Uh, international rugby league scene in the in the years to come. Yeah, if this is anything to go that, by, um, that France could be a little bit of a sleeping giant, actually. So that would be uh, very good. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Um, another question for you. Speaking of France, yeah. Um, and I've probably given away the punchline here, but mate, everyone says that the NRL is the closest competition in the world, not only rugby league wise, but in terms of sport internationally, the NRL is the closest comp. Um, we have a different side winning every year. The side coming last could be coming first next year, incredibly close. But if I told you that the Elite One competition in France was a little bit closer, would you believe me? Mate, I wouldn't. So <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you're going to now add a little bit of context. Mate, we've had two and a half rounds and we've got one undefeated team, wow. the, the Albie Tigers. Oh, that's um, incredible. I think that's a record. I don't think it's been... I've never heard of anything like that before. But they beat uh, St. Gordines in their second round game, 26-10. to 10. Um, We won't go through all the details, but as I mentioned last week on our Instagram page, I've got a, a results feature story link. Um, I just chuck up as many results as I can up there. It's your one-stop shop. You can go there, have a look at what's been happening this month. And I've got the um, French Elite One standings up there as well at the moment. Um, mate, further news um, also on that, on that, um, on that link. Um, we've got the Jamaican Division Two semi-finals happened a few days ago as well. Won't go through all of the details, but all the scores are up on on our Instagram page as well. So please check that out. Please like the page. We mentioned last week the Turkish Rugby League semi-finals. So the An- Ankara uh, Pyrogeans they beat the Trakia Gladiators thirty-eight to twenty-eight. My apologies for the pronunciations there. Um, and the Katakoi Bulls went up forty-two twelve against the. Uh, 
our favourite side, the Eskiza Gentleman. Go the Gentleman. Mate, the Gentleman bowing out, but uh, definitely in style. So final is next week? Final is next week. It'll be Ankara versus the Katakoi Bulls. But the big thing here is um, both these sides now qualify. They're the two um, Turkish sides that will take place in the Balkan Super League next year um, due to making the grand final. So that's good news for, for both of those teams. Um, and, mate, I think you had a little bit of news to wrap things up as well. Yeah, mate, just something uh, something little. I uh, don't normally add to the community court board, but uh, news just to hand that Albania have been granted observer status by the Rugby League European Federation. Good on um, them, 39th nation to, to do so. Um, Charlie, observer status, what's that mean? Yeah, look, what it means is basically that they're just having a look. Uh, no, so what? What, <laughs> obs- much. what they're ob- observing? They're observing for now. So basically what that means is that they've got... Um, uh, a board of directors set up. They've got a constitution. They've got a plan for growth and development yep, set up. They've fantastic. got accounts, all of that sort of yep. stuff set up. Um, next step is to become an affiliate member before um, becoming a full-fledged member at some point down the track. Fantastic. So they've got a seat at the table. Um, they just can't vote yet. But, you know, as they build their, their local domestic competition and start playing more international games, it's only a matter of time. Um, the guys there, they need to be congratulated. They've done an incredible job in such a short period of time and uh, probably a better place than ever to say uh, jump on Mascord Browns. Uh, we're affiliates with, with them. Um, you can buy the Albania Rugby League jersey. It looks pretty sick, man. It's, it's black and red. It looks really cool. Um, jump onto Mascord Browns. We've got our affiliate link in the show notes. If you buy it from our affiliate link, um, a couple of dollars come our way. Uh, helps us improve the podcast. And yeah, like like we've said before, it doesn't cost you guys any extra. So uh, the price stays the same. They just throw a little bit our way. Um, they throw a little bit Albania's way as well. Um, so everything you know, let's let's keep let's keep some money in this game and, and let's try and fund this 2025 USA World Cup. That's right. Support the people that support International Rugby League. Well, Chuck, um, another fantastic week. I think that'll be it from yourself this year. Um, so I just want to say a big thank you for joining me for every episode. Um, we weren't meant to start recording this year. We're going to start this thing next year. We, we started, had a few practice runs um, and it's just been amazing. We've had incredible feedback. So, mate, thank you for, for being a big part of that. No, mate, I've got to thank you, actually. I mean, just a little bit of backstory here, but um, Carbs had listened to me complain that there wasn't a podcast that focused <laughs> on um, on rugby league growth and expansion. And uh, he said, well, you know what, let's do it. Let's just make the thing that it is that you want to listen to. And, and um, you know, I was a bit sceptical. I wasn't sure if there would be an appetite for it, but Carbs convinced me to do it. And, mate, turns out you were right. Um, the response has been fantastic, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. It's been great, as always, spending time with uh, you and with Jake as well. So thank you. Mate, could have done it without you. But um, as I say, I'll be back next week. Um, it'll be myself and Jake. Um, it'll be a short one. We'll be talking after a very negative, I guess, news episode this week. We're going to talk some positive next week to um, to to wrap the year up in style. Um, and we look forward to seeing you then. guys just one more thing we're going to ask you for a favor if you could please rate review subscribe wherever it is that you listen to us tell your friends tell your friends tell them all um even if you've got haven't got any friends make some friends and tell them (laughs) um and uh look also if you could like us on facebook and instagram it just really helps us get the show out there thanks charlie and i guess there's just one thing left to say what's that fuck you anastasios potenzaritas that's not his name well i tried my best 
Man, I feel like the um the corkboard should have a um like a little sponsor. <laughs> no, I was gonna say a little uh, jingle. A jingle. <laughs> I, was, I was looking for a jingle. How would it go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the corkboard. <laughs> Let's talk about footy. I think it shouldn't have a jingle. <laughs>